Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Tony. And this is Making It in Asheville. A podcast where the two of us sit down with a Asheville creative maker, entrepreneur, uh, business owner, and learn about what they're making and how they are making it in Asheville. And in today's episode, we are interviewing Sarah Hooker. She is the founder and main woman behind Sarah Hooker Photography, as well as Virago Boudoir. Uh, she was actually our photographer when we needed photos for our podcast and our blog. We came to her and we loved her style and, and hired her to take all these amazing photos. And in this episode, we dive in on a bunch of topics that I think are really transferable, like the difference between going to school for a craft and being a professional in the craft. I loved that her story was non-linear, that she wore tons of hats before deciding to go all in on her photography uh, profession and her business. Um, and then also the idea of uh, offering a little bit of everything until you really have your own voice as a business. Um, I absolutely loved sitting down with her and getting uh, a deeper understanding of who she was and and where her business is today and where it's going. Yeah, and I'd also add to that, you know, there's a lot of information in here uh, for aspiring photographers. I know I myself am trying to learn photography, so there's there's a lot of really interesting tips, um, both on skill and gear and uh, how to grow your photography skills. Right on. And I don't pretend to know anything about photography, and I loved that portion of the conversation as well. So uh, without further ado, here is Sarah Hooker and episode number eight in Making It in Asheville. Enjoy. Cheers. beautiful beautiful space today did you did you make it look uh like old brick is that uh intentional or is this just old brick it was um like that that's how my landlord designed the space he did a great job of all the spaces in here um it it was an old it was a bank I think the last thing before it was studios um and there was plaster on the walls so the brick has a little bit of like white wash to it almost from the plaster yeah yeah um so in a in a world where this is like <laughs> an intro to a movie in a world where everyone has as good a cameras on their phones as like the best camera from 10 years ago or whatever mm. how did you fall into photography like from the very beginning cool. or okay. what? Yeah, like run it, run it all the way back. <laughs> well, I guess just to kind of start with that is like, even though our cameras do so much, there's so much more to photography than the camera. I mean, it's, I would say most of it is actually like the lighting and setting up the scene. Lighting is probably the biggest thing. So if you don't know how to see light, then even with your iPhone, it's going to be hard to take beautiful pictures. Um, but yeah, it's fun that everyone does have their own like almost professional little camera with them all the time. And it's fun to see what people are always creating, even people who aren't photographers. Um, but my journey started like in a, 
uh, photography class in high school, which I had a really cool teacher and she was very encouraging and I was terrible. Like, (laughs) I wish I had some of these photos with me now so you could see them, but they're so bad. I look back at them and it's like emo pictures of myself sitting in a corner wearing (laughs) weird nineties clothes or something. Um, (laughs) so, um, yeah, I got started loving it with that. Um, And my parents were always very encouraging uh, for me to do kind of whatever I wanted to do. Um, And I was like, after high school, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to college and study photography. And they were just like, great, do that. I think that they, you know, my dad was a mortgage banker growing up and he was great at that. But he always wanted to, like, teach and do other things. And so I think it was fun for them to see me go and do what I wanted to do. And do you remember what, like, the defining moment when you were like, okay, I'm going to go to school for photography. I want to be a photographer. (laughs) Well, okay, so that might have been a slight fib that I knew right away that I wanted to study photography. (laughs) I knew I was going to minor in photography, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to major in equine studies, which is, like, horses. (laughs) Um, So I went to a really small school, Virginia Intermont College, and um, they had an equine major, one of the not many places that does. Um, And I just found myself really loving the photography program more and all the people in it. Everyone was so laid back and creating cool art. And looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's actually what I should have done from the beginning, but I mean, I feel like even if you make the wrong choices sometimes growing up, you're going to get led into the the right choices eventually. Well, in school, it's such a funny thing. Like, I always feel like people end up minoring in the thing that they're actually really passionate about, right? and then they (laughs) major in, like, the practical thing to do. Um, I don't know. I had that same experience. It was like, I minored in Italian, which is the thing that I loved. And then oh, cool. I didn't ended up doing something or ended up majoring in accounting, which I don't use at all today. But interesting. It is interesting. Do you get to do all the money stuff for you too then? I would love for that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're better. You, you are better at it uh, than I think you give yourself credit for. Um, but no, it's a kind of a shared responsibility we try and look at that together that's good um so here's i I guess a a big thing for me is there's a lot of my background in college was a business degree also very practical but i don't know if you need a business degree to be a air quotes entrepreneur or business owner um so when I think of like a vocation or like a craft or a skills type of a degree and photography, though it's an art, I think it's a craft and a, and a skill from outside in studying something versus being a, I don't know, a professional in that space. seems like it could be very different. How have you, what are the differences from a major in photography or minor in photography and running a a photography business. Ooh, that's good. Um, So my school specifically was more of a fine art photography school, um, and that meant that we took a lot of pictures of old buildings and things like that and not necessarily the things that are 
helping me pay my bills today, um, which is mostly taking pictures of people. Um, and in college I was actually, I'm such a big introvert and I was scared to take pictures of people. So unless we were forced to for an assignment, I was taking pictures of anything else, anything other than people. Um, and so after college, when I was like, I would like to make money with my photography, I had to kind of teach myself how to pose people and work with people, which is such a huge part of what I'm doing now. Um, and yeah, all the, <laughs> all the business aspects, those were hard to learn too. I did. So after college, I didn't go right into photography cause I wasn't quite brave enough. Um, but I did like 5 million other jobs. I did real estate for a while. I worked at a grocery store. I worked with, um, developmentally disabled individuals and, um, I worked doing social media for a company. I was an operations manager for a company. So I learned a lot of those skills on the way that I didn't learn, um, in college. And honestly, you don't need a degree to do photography. Um, it was helpful to me. Like I said, I was such an introvert and maybe not as bold as I would have liked back then. So, it was good for me to build my confidence. Um, but you can absolutely learn what you need to do just by honestly practicing a lot um, and be, you know, trying new things with photography. Wow, amazing. Like, so many jobs. It's incredible. <laughs> like, I'm and over here. Like, even all of them. Yeah. So oh my gosh. We'll list them in the show notes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so then, when you, you went through all these different jobs, and I imagine you were taking photos while working in these other jobs as well? I mean, how did you get into, okay, I'm going to start a business called Sarah Hooker Photography, and it's my own thing? Um, it was a really slow start. You know, I think I started off and I was, like, charging, like, $20 for a photo shoot, and you get all your images, and uh, I'm so happy to the people who, pay, like, took a chance on me and like paid me to do their photos early on, um, before I had much experience. And honestly, I, I was not doing everything I should have been probably with like having my business together and, you know, organized and, um, getting my taxes totally right from the beginning and everything. So, you know, I, I, and I think that's one of the scarier things for people who start yeah. a photography business. Cause like you're an artist and you don't want to think about those things. You just want to go and create awesome photographs. Um, so I started off very part-time and doing it while I was doing other jobs. And I was lucky to have a job, um, several years ago where they let me go more part-time. So I went more and more part-time as I built my business, which was so nice to be able to do. And if you can do it that way, it's a great way to do it. But yeah. I know not everyone has the luxury. So you have to super hustle in your off time or take a big chance and quit your job, um, which are hard things. Yeah, definitely. So you were starting this out on the side, probably wasn't an LLC or a business business yet maybe 20 bucks versus hundreds. Um, when you said, okay, aside from being paid, which I think is a huge first step, uh, to this is going to be the thing, what 
what switches flipped? Like what, what changed about you or what, like, did you realize anything needed to change for, if you're going to do this to keep the lights on and like feed a family and be able to foster a cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, it immediately became clear that $20 was not enough for me to have like a legal business and be paying my taxes. I mean, you take taxes out of $20. I mean, even if you have $20 and you pay for your gas and yeah. all that, um, you're not making what you need to, to make. So like spending money on having the right equipment and more education for myself and uh, having a website and paying my taxes and things like that. Oh, you know, I had to really sit down and do my cost of business, which is not something that they taught me in college. Um, so, and then I realized like I have to charge what my time is worth, mm. not just like, even though I love doing this for fun, I can't right. keep doing it if I'm not charging what I'm worth. About how long ago was that? Um, that was about four years ago. Wow. Yeah. And so four years ago, maybe West Asheville. Were you in West Asheville? Yeah, then? we were in West Asheville. West Asheville, Asheville then, yeah. to this beautiful uh, studio space. It seems like you've, if not figured it out, you're, you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so what, uh, I guess, you know, outside of like the, the sort of vague, you need to charge what your time's worth, is there anything concrete that you can call back to where you were like, I don't know, I got an accountant or I, uh, you know, started paying for QuickBooks instead of trying to do it in a Excel file? Like what things helped you outside of producing more art uh, to grow your business or manage the stuff that you'd prefer not to manage? Yeah, so I would say... I mean, I still do a lot of the stuff myself because I like to yeah. like design my own website and that kind of thing. And I didn't get an accountant until more recently, um, you know, but I think that moment when I like registered my business, got my little DBA um, and that like made it real official for me. And that was when I was like, okay, like I'm totally quitting my other job and putting my feet all the way in. Um, yeah, so that was kind of that moment for me. And I had to do a lot of, um, like, research and, like, on mainly the business aspects of right. it since that's not It's not <laughs> my crystal background. clear. And that's, no, a, yeah, that's it's one of many times. That we, we've only had a couple podcasts so far, and that's come up a bunch. And so are you an LLC? No, I'm not. I'm still a sole proprietorship, but sole that's proprietorship. one of my goals cool. for uh, 2020 is to become an LLC. I did get good advice from another photographer. She was like, don't become an LLC like in the middle of the year. Do it at, at the beginning of the year. That makes so, some sense. Yeah. The other thing that we just recently heard, and it, we're, you know, we said we were going to Google it and try and figure it out a little bit, is the transition from an LLC to like a S corp type of a thing. Yeah. Which, depending on where you sit in that LLC process, uh, it seems, and I've heard it enough that it re will require a proper kind of deep uh, learning block. Uh, it seems like there could be some tax benefits to being a corporation versus a limited liability 
uh, company, but TBD on that, we're an LLC. Yeah. Yeah, you which, guys are which is a in step effect, ahead of me then I mean, still. It, but in, in effect, it's just a partnership. So it's a sole proprietorship for two people uh, as an LLC right now at least. But the doing business as uh, is a huge step. That's really rad. Yeah, and I think along with that, like getting proper contracts in yeah. place. Like you guys remember when we did your photo shoot, you had to sign the contract and and everything. So I think, you know, Anytime I'm in a lot of photographer Facebook groups and yeah. anytime someone's like, I ran into this huge problem with my clients and they're upset or something. Everyone's like, did you have a contract? That's the first question oh, for sure. Yeah. So I'm like, definitely, you know, made sure that the contract was tight and covers me in a lot of situations and also, you know, covers the client too. Yeah. Like right. yeah. that I think shows you guys that I'm a professional photographer. It says like, you're paying me and I have to deliver, you know, these images to you. Yeah. For sure. Super pro. So we, uh, you, people listening out there in podcast land, if you open your phone back up and look at the picture of me kind of like monkeying a <laughs> recorder, which I think is the, or no, it's a microphone. That photo, that image was taken by none other than Sarah Hooker. Yeah pretty exciting stuff we love love our photos yay y'all were so fun to work with too you're good in front of the camera (laughs) like appropriately silly okay it was was either we were fun or a nightmare i (laughs) i was i slept like a baby that night i was just like over i thought i was over the top and too much and like embarrassed myself yeah but it was fun like i i was nervous going into it right because no, I don't know. I don't like being in front of the camera. I love having pictures, but I don't like have pictures taken of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you made it so much fun. And it was, it felt more like we were doing a shoot with a friend than this big machine thing in front of us. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It was, it was really fun. Okay. I'm so glad. Yeah. I think I even included like some funny bloopers <laughs> in y'all's final. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's <laughs> some funny, funny Tony faces, oh, funny man. Sarah faces. Yeah. And Those like these have to remain... Out. In the gallery. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, I was, one, I'm like, I got this crazy eye thing going on. I'm like, this is exactly how I feel like I looked in all of the pictures. Luckily, not uh, the case. You, you captured our true essence. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, so speaking of photos, I would, I would love to know more about, what well, I'd love to let other people know more about what your style is and how you've developed that style over time. Yeah. Um, so over the many years of building my business, I think I tried out all the styles, <laughs> like super matte photos, like only black and white, shooting film, you know, and it, it did take a long time to figure out what my style was. And like I encourage other photographers or artists to not try to, even though it's tempting to feel like you need to make that decision right away with your business, like... I think know that your business is going to change and grow with you. And, um, so yeah, I I think my style now, um, I like the look of the photos. I like a pretty clean edit. So it's not, I don't have like super fad filters on or anything or use crazy presets. Um, and I like color in my images a lot. It's actually, 
like hard for me to make an image black and white anymore yeah. and um so sometimes I'll have to like force myself to do it like make make at least a few of these black and white Sarah um so yeah I love a lot of color in my images and I do I do pose people a lot but I also like want their personality to shine through so um you know I I want the session to be laid back and for people to have fun um and get people to laugh and, um, and also a lot of the work that, you know, how we determine the style, especially when I'm working with a business is talking to y'all beforehand. And like, I know you guys were great and sent me like image colors and images that you like. So that was really helpful. Um, you know, to think about like what locations are we going to use and what kind of colors do we want in the background? Um, and then, meeting y'all it was clear like we needed to have a lot of smiling and fun pictures because you guys are super fun (laughs) and silly and wacky and yeah (laughs) Yeah. and I mean I I will say that there were so I think we we are generally I can be a cat, right? So, like, hurting me, I can't imagine would be that easy. But I I do want to do what you want me to do. It's just also, it's like, this is an opportunity for a pun. I can't miss it. You know, like, <laughs> and so, but some of the direction was like, you Tone, look over there. Sarah, look over there. And I'm like, how is this going to be right? And then you look at the photos and you're like, wow. Yeah. Wow. That just, that absolutely worked. And I would never have guessed that I needed to look in that direction. <laughs> yeah, like it, it did felt really awkward sometimes, but so that that just brings me to it's the like, question bo- yeah, of both like, of you laugh and then you're going to look up <laughs> yeah. and then like hard belly laugh now and I was like okay, ha 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 ha. And then which led to a real laugh and then like bang, we get this awesome like image that that looks really candid, yeah. which it is, but it it's is. also somewhat poets. I mean, how do you get people like if you had to give advice to aspiring portrait photographer or people photographers whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. what would you say you know how do you get people to pose in the way that you want them to without it being awkward or stiff or yeah I think when I started out like I said I was I'm actually pretty introverted and um I was scared to photograph people uh and I think that that read to my clients and they, you know, it seemed like I didn't know what I was doing because I was afraid to give direction, but I learned over time that the more direction I give almost, you know, that helps people relax a lot. Mm-hmm. They feel like, okay, she's got this, she knows what she's doing. And I know there are photographers who, you know, don't give as much direction, but still inspire confidence. Um, but that's, that's really what works for me. And it took a lot of practice of like opposing people is the hardest part. I think almost of portraits because there's so many, you know, poses you can, you can do and have people sit or stand or do, do different things. Um, and it's hard to have them all in your head at the moment, uh, in the moment. So I think, you know, for other photographers, just like practicing and not being afraid to try new things. Like I'll try new things still. And sometimes they don't work out and I'll be like, okay, try standing like this or lean against that thing. And then I'll be like, nope, nope, sorry. <laughs> that was my, my bad. Um, so yeah, just try new things and, you know, try to warn your clients. Like sometimes things will feel silly, but it'll still turn out really cool. Like just, 
I think having, having your clients trust you is a big thing too. Um, so that they will feel comfortable to do those silly things that feel silly or weird or different. Cause oftentimes those are like the best ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's probably, I mean, I feel like it's so important. You took that extra step of sitting down with us before we even did the shoot to just talk. Like we talked for like 20 minutes, I feel like before we even took a photo and that was so helpful and just getting to know you and feeling comfortable. Yeah. And so there's two things that come up. One is that yes, there were some points was like, you know, lean really into the camera. And I'm like, why are we leaning so much? (laughs) You know, but it, it works. And so part of that I imagine is light stuff, right? So it's one thing I imagine, and I don't know, but I imagine shooting in a studio where you've controlled the lights in some way and you know the lights, but then we were outside and like clouds were moving. And so there's a bunch of variables there. Um, and so I think the advice of practice sounds like good advice. And now I'm going to ask, so it's one thing to take people, call it a business, and do a branding shoot. Uh, and, it's a, and, and you mentioned how you've evolved in your ability to direct. And then it's another thing. And the other side of this studio is a bed where you <laughs> <Yeah>. take <laughs> boudoir <laughs> photography. And I... To me, I can imagine telling two regular people that are dressed, uh, hey, lean against this brick wall, bam, that's your now your podcast cover, to like, this lady's wearing almost nothing, potentially nothing, her partner might be in the picture, and then directing that seems <laughs> very different. And if you're saying that the hardest thing early was directing people, I talk about that as progress what's going on in the boudoir direction yeah so I have two businesses Sarah Hooker Photography and that's mainly working with small businesses and I also do other um, portraits like high school seniors or headshots uh, if you need them and then um, Virago Boudoir which is V-I-R-A-G-O and that is has a very they're two different businesses because the missions are different like you know for Sarah Hooker Photography we're creating photos like usually you need photos for some, like for my business or I need a headshot or like I'm graduating high school and so I'm supposed to do these photos. But Virago Boudoir is more about just like celebrating yourself, learning to love yourself. And it's not, you know, people don't need boudoir photos usually. So um, it's more of a thing they're doing just um, to treat themselves and, you know, help themselves love their body better and love, you know, feel brave and beautiful. And, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm actually even bossier when I'm shooting boudoir. Like I will pose, I'm posing people from head to toe, like lift your chin, put your hand here, look eyes right here, point your toes. Um, and again, like if I, if I was just like stand in your lingerie and model for me, people would have like, that would be terrifying. I think to people it'd be terrifying to me. Um, so like I really pose people a lot with the boudoir. Um, and I think that helps make them even more comfortable. And that's actually the number one thing people say right after their shoot is like, Oh, that was way more comfortable than I thought it was going to be. Like, we're just having fun. And like, there's a lot of laughter and, um, there's we'll put music on. And like I said, I tell you exactly what to do. Um, 
Yeah, I love that work. How long ago did that start? That started about a year and a half ago. So I haven't been doing that uh, for as long. Someone suggested it to me and I was like, oh my gosh, why have I not been doing this all along? Do you think that that's improved your brand photography? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it's a slightly different style. I think those images are generally like a little moodier Mm -hmm. and different, but... um, the amount of attention to detail that I'm paying, you know, that I'm using in boudoir has helped me with my other photography, like uh, making sure people take their hair bands off their wrist. And like, if that, if your hair is out of place and I'll fix it. And um, so I think, you know, experience in general and also doing the boudoir photography has made me um, better. Awesome. Well, I want to talk about equipment because I I know that we talked earlier. You said, you know, lighting is the most important thing. And and I think I agree with that with my limited photography experience. (laughs) But I mean, tell us a little bit about what kind of camera gear, lenses, things do you use? What is indispensable to you in, in photography? Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm not a big gearhead. Like some photographers are really yeah. into like, I have the latest gear and stuff and that's great and fun. But, um, like I said, I think it's mostly about the light and stuff and the, you know, posing people and all that. Um, so I have a Nikon D 600, which is kind of the, uh, lower end of the full frame cameras that Nikon has. And then I use prime lenses instead of zooms. Um, and they're both great. Just depends on what you like. Uh, and means you can't zoom in and out. You have to change your lens to use a different focal length. So I have a couple of those that I, that I use and love. Um, and why those versus the zoom lenses? I'm curious, like what's the, yeah. So Generally, a, a zoom lens you can't um, you can't open your aperture as wide, and a really wide aperture gives you like a really small depth of field. So, like if you're focusing on right. a person's eye, then like everything else will be blurry. Um, and so, I really love getting that that really nice bokeh, which is like the blurriness mm-hmm. in the background. I, I love that. I think that's a style of my photography too. Um, and, and I find that the, the prime lenses in my opinion do that better. Like generally a prime lens will open all the way up to 1.4 and a zoom lens is more like 2.8, which is a smaller one. Got it. Oh, for sure. 1.4 is definitely different than 2.8. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Does that, this is a silly question potentially, does that mean that you always, if you're not able to zoom, you're always taking photos at about the same distance from your, like the subject? So in school, I had a photography teacher who, who said you shouldn't, you shouldn't be zooming in and out with your zoom anyways. You should be picking your focal length and moving your feet. Mm. So I think it means I'm actually moving my feet a whole lot more. I pick, because different focal lengths give a different look kind of to the, there's more compression or, you know, a super wide angle is like a fisheye effect. Um, so I pick the focal length look that I want and then I move my feet for how much zoom I want. Fun. So. And with that, that makes sense. Cool. So we have 
the Nikon, the prime lenses. Is there anything else? You had a little reflector doohickey that I, I, I held for Sarah once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I use mostly natural light. Um, and the, the reflector helps that basically just like if there's too much shadow on one side of the face or something, then you can use the reflector to help with that. Um, I do like we're in the studio now. I do have studio lights, um, at like studio flashes that I use, but mostly even when I'm shooting boudoir in here, it's like the studio is South facing. So there's lots of Mm-hmm. beautiful bright light yeah. um and so i'm still mostly using the natural light but s- sometimes i'll you know just for fun use the other lights uh and then every once in a while when i'm shooting out on location like i have speed lights as well which are kind of the the small when you think of a camera flash that you set on top of the camera uh, that's what those are and so i'll use those sometimes out as well and you can set them on your camera or off the camera fun awesome and if i had let's say a a cousin who was like i just love photography and i was gonna say don't buy the brand new camera but maybe here's a kit that is recommended like what's a 101 i want to do this for real but um also kind of with a little bit of logic and not the, the top in class, what, what would you recommend? I would recommend starting off with a crop frame camera, which is basically it means it has a smaller sensor uh, than a full frame. And you don't need to spend a ton of money on this. Like you, for a couple hundred, you can get a fairly nice one and maybe start off with a, um, a zoom lens. You can use the kit, kit lens. That means the lens that comes with the camera. You can use that to start. Um, and then, try to upgrade to a nicer lens. That would be my first upgrade to start like with your, like a Canon rebel is a good example of like a crop frame camera. That's good to start. That's actually what I started on. Although the ones they make now are a lot nicer than the one that I started on in college. Um, yeah. So start off with a a crop frame, something like a Canon rebel. Um, and yeah, upgrading your lens is almost, more important than upgrading the camera. The lens that you're using um, really affects the quality of the photo as much as, if not more than the camera. Yeah. I think I use a, I feel like I have a cropped Canon. I don't remember the exact number now. I think you have a DSLR. I do, but it's a, it's it's still a cropped frame. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. And and then I use the nifty 50 as they call it for the focal effect. And it's pretty, um, it's pretty nifty. Yeah, so the the 50 is a a prime lens, meaning you can't zoom in in and out. You got to move your feet. Um, But yeah, it does. Yours probably goes to goes to 1.4, 1.8, so you can open it up really wide and get the the, that pretty bokeh. Yeah, and it wasn't an expensive upgrade too. Like it was a very it's very approachable, I think. And I don't again, I don't know a lot about photography, but I'm learning. Yeah, and I I definitely I know the least of the three of us, and so this (laughs) might be a silly question that's not that important, but I, that's the only term I know, and I, I used it, like I throw the few terms that I know about any topic, I'll throw it out when the topic comes up, DSLR, <laughs> I, that's all I've ever heard, I don't even know what a crop frame is, I would have said point and shoot, but that's not what you mean <laughs> by a crop frame, so maybe if you, if there's a simple way to describe that, and if there's not, we can skip it. No, it's super simple, um, uh, 
DSLR is just a, a digital camera where you can like change out your lenses. Mm. Um, it, SLR, I think someone's, if I'm wrong, you're going to probably get like an angry email or something. I, I <laughs> wait for the day that someone emails us to say, your <laughs> interviewee lied. <laughs> like, yes, thank you for listening and caring enough to go through that process. <laughs> Are you us. listening? <laughs> well, I think it me- means single lens reflex, which is like the type of lens that you put on it. And like, you can basically just means you can interchange your lenses and take them on and off. Okay. Which Got is, it. that's what separates it from a point and shoot camera where Got you, it. it just ha you know, yeah. right. has the one lens. And then what crop is just has something to do, cause I've heard of like medium format, which isn't, I don't think what we're talking about here. Uh, so a crop is just, it's able to bring in less light. So medium format is more of a, a film photography term. It's the size of the film, uh, versus 35 millimeter film which most people are used to. Uh, but for digital cameras, the difference in sensor size is usually your, your crop frame or a full frame. And they require usually different lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, like if you're, say if you're using a crop frame now, if you want to upgrade to a full frame, you'll probably want to buy different lenses for that. Um, and of course, it makes everything more expensive. Yeah. And when I upgraded and I started my business with a crop frame and it was great and it was fine. And my, you know, my clients were happy. Um, and I did notice a difference in quality when I upgraded, but I don't necessarily know that my clients did. So like if you're starting a photography business or just starting photography for fun, don't feel bad that you're not spending, you know, a thousand plus dollars on a full frame camera. You don't need to. Got it now. So when you said mm-hmm. I have the Nikon, I think 600, it's the lower end of the full frame. Mm-hmm. I now track with you on what you're talking about. What I will note, and this is interesting to me, is that you pointed out a Canon, which is a different family of cameras. And I imagine there's some brand loyalty because of lenses, but Canon as the starter, not some Nikon uh, crop. You can do either. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> Here doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. People will argue either way. I think just, um, and you'll, you'll get a slightly different image, you know, so there's slightly different colors in the images sometimes depending on what camera. Um, and now there's, you know, you've got to consider mirrorless cameras also, oh. uh, mm. which is cool. And I kind of want a mirrorless one because it's like, lighter weight and but I think I'm going to wait a little bit and give mirrorless some more camera yeah give it a little bit more time but people are using them and loving them now too so it's another one to consider if not to confuse people more (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so uh because I am like a little bit of a gearhead and and a tech junkie like what other tools do you use in your business so I just have to assume it's some sort of like the whole Photoshop, Adobe things, but like what else? Um, yeah. So I use Lightroom and Photoshop and bridge, um, for all my editing and other software things. I use, um, Pixie set, which is subscription based. And that's when I delivered your images to you, that's mm-hmm. the online gallery that you saw them through. Um, Very it's clean. Yeah. It looks good and it's uh, easier than using 
just Dropbox or something, and it can you can let people buy prints and stuff through it. Uh, for all my contracts and invoices, I use Seventeen Hats, uh, and there's a bunch of of those kinds of brands like Seventeen Hats and Honeybook and Dubsado, and basically they're mo- I think they're mostly for photographers, but any small business can use them, and just it helps because. I don't even own a printer anymore. So if someone sends me a contract on to, that I need to print out, yeah. I'm like, oh gosh. Uh, so it lets me like send everything electronically. Like mm-hmm. you guys could sign it online. You pay your invoice online. It's not, we're not wasting paper and mm-hmm. it makes it easier. And what about uh, like inspiration? Where do you, do you, are there magazines or books or websites that you draw inspiration from? Yeah, I think, like I said, I'm in a, a lot of photographer Facebook groups, um, and everyone's always posting amazing photos in those, and that's super inspiring. Um, and I don't know as mu- you know as much about other small businesses, but that's been those photography Facebook groups have been so helpful to me. There's so much information. People are always asking questions on there, sharing their experiences, and that was really helpful to me, especially in starting out. Um, but I'm getting distracted from the original question. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so, and obviously Pinterest and things, but I feel like I get most inspired when I'm doing other things than specifically looking at photographs, like looking at other kinds of art or I'm out hiking or I think that's when my best ideas come to me um, from other things. Because it's hard, you know, when you're looking at a photograph, that's something yeah. that are, someone's already created. And I don't right. want to just create the same photo again and like if people send me inspiration photos which I love and that's really helpful uh, before their shoot um but I always say like okay we'll take inspiration from that but we're not going to recreate that photo exactly mm-hmm. I think it's fair yeah definitely cool <laughs> okay well let's change topics a little bit and yeah, talk sure. A little bit more about what you do when you're not taking photos. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you hinted at some of it just a moment ago. It sounds like you might hike a little. Yeah, we hike a lot. Um, like one of our favorite day things is to just go like find a swimming pool or waterfall somewhere and take dunks in the super cold mountain water, which is the most refreshing thing. Um, we went, we had our my husband and I had our six year anniversary recently and we went to Sunburst Falls, which is I think it's still in Pisgah. It's on two fifteen. Like if you take the parkway up past Graveyard Fields, then you'll run into two fifteen. Hmm. Um and that waterfall is just a couple miles down and it's right on the road. And so the waterfall like goes underneath the road and through this tunnel. It's really pretty. And we dunked in that water and it was so cold. <laughs> Cool. That's the second time I've heard of this graveyard fields area. And so it seems like that's a place that we should put on our map. Yes, absolutely. There's, well, there's two waterfalls there. One is really quick to get to. Um, It's always really busy, but, um, you know, it's a long path. So Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's plenty of room for everyone. So yeah, that's a good place to go dunk as well, or just see a beautiful Mm -hmm. waterfall and do some hiking. Um, there's a lot of stairs there, so keep that in mind if you go there and you're not feeling like actually doing much hiking work. And then right near Graveyard Fields, um, another 
one I recommend is Black Balsam Knob. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah, it's it's really close and um, it, gorgeous views from up there. It's um, it's a place I like to go take people to photograph if they want views because it's not a very far hike up. It's yeah. like maybe fifteen minutes to get to the top, uh, um, and it's beautiful. So those are two two good spots. Awesome. Here's a question that I meant to ask earlier. How did you find yourself in Asheville? Oh, yeah. So I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, which is a very cool city. And I ended up working at summer camps a lot uh, during college in the summers. Uh, one that I worked at was Camp Hyrox, which is like near Brevard, and ended up making a lot of friends in the area. And right after college, I went on a cross-country road trip, which I highly recommend, especially at that point in your life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to just go visit all the places and find out where I want to live. And I visited so many amazing places. My favorites that I visited um, were the Tetons. That was so fun mm-hmm. and beautiful. And um, also just Northern California in general. And... Um, yeah, and that was great. And like Humboldt and the giant redwood trees there. Um, so I recommend those places. But then I was like, you know, I think I just want to be around the people I know. And that's important. And I already know I love this area of Asheville and all the hiking and things there are to do there. So I just kind of on a wing and a prayer just moved to Asheville and I was living with like a bunch of roommates within the tiniest room ever that was like big enough just for my twin bed and enough room to walk around it um and worked at Earth Fair as my first job in Asheville oh cool Earth Fair is that a grocery store yes okay yeah it's like um organic food healthy good for you food does yeah. the does the logo look exactly like Whole Foods no, that's the place? fresh market. Fresh market. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm like, oh, I should know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. No, cool. Earth Fair is like brownish, kind of. Makes sense. Curvier script, I think. But we haven't been yet. We, we've always passed it. We're like, what is this Earth Fair? Just because we didn't, we never had that when we lived in New York. So we didn't know what it was. It's great. I recommend the cheese section the highly. Cheese. <laughs> the no cheese, and wine, <laughs> cheese and wine section, which are conveniently located right next to each other. Uh, <laughs> that's where I met my husband actually oh, I know wow. I uh, trained him yeah. wow Whoa. <laughs> love it's funny because right it's not the same but it's almost Sarah has been training me on cheese and wine as well <laughs> <laughs> perfect so yeah. I might have blacked out but how long ago about was that that was 2000. No, no, no. Uh, earlier. That was 2007. I moved okay. to Asheville. Cool. Yeah. And I imagine you've seen a lot of changes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, my husband is from here, so I even hate to say I've oh, been wow. here for a long time because he's like, no. But um, yeah, it, even just like on our, where we live in West Asheville, like right off of Haywood Road, it, there's like in the past year been a million new places that Mm -hmm. have popped up. There's just, there's so much more to do Mm -hmm. and so many more people here, which is lovely, but also sometimes frustrating. Like all our 
favorite hiking spots like I have a few that I'll only tell people in person and like won't post them on Facebook or anything because I don't want everyone to to go there um but everyone's already at graveyard fields so I can tell everyone about graveyard fields um You'll have to get to know Sarah Hooker a little better to get to know her <laughs> top, top secret. Yeah, we're gonna, once we uh, turn this recorder off, we're going <laughs> to ask all the spots. Um, but yeah, I mean, West Asheville, you can see it. Whereas in, you know, downtown, there's some construction. You see like, a, you know, a couple bigger buildings that are getting worked on. When, when you're in West Asheville, it just feels like there's been a lot of uh, I want to say development, and I don't want to say improvements, but just probably changes is the right way to say it. Yeah. Uh, and it's ex- it looks exciting. We love when we're out over there. Have you always lived in West Asheville? No, um, I have lived all over. I've had as many different houses, I think, as I had jobs in Asheville. Uh, so I lived in Arden, and I lived uh kind of near Kenilworth and I lived in Candler several times so but West Asheville is my favorite yeah we've not been to those towns we've been through Arden because that's where the airport is yeah uh it seems like West Asheville would be our pick of those so far yeah some some of this like Candler there's not quite as much to do out there yet but it is really beautiful like that's where my husband grew up Mm Um, so, you know, we're pretty attached to it. Um, but our favorite, like small town to go visit, we really loved, well, we love Weaverville. That's not super small, but like, uh, Jared's favorite, favorite brewery, Zebulon is there. Mm. Um, that's good. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Their beer is delicious. It's like really little, but really good. Um, and then we loved Silva also. That was fun. Is it town? Yeah, that's town. Cool. Idaho Silva. (laughs) Kind of westerly of here. And I I mean, I don't know how to describe. We're not in Asheville in the studio. We're in Marshall. Mm -hmm. And it's 25 minutes away from where we live and just like sort of north of downtown. And it is cute as a button. Sarah was like, I'm getting such italy vibes right now <laughs> it like clearly the, the architecture is different yeah. but like how there's i don't know there is something really beautiful about the energy on this street and like you see like the washed out i don't know feed sign which might still be a feed store who knows <laughs> and then uh like a church and it's, it's just gorgeous and it's like nestled between a like there's like hill. a mountain yeah. and then marshall and then the river so it's I think that's the part that reminded me of Italy because there's a lot of towns like that that are just nestled in the mountains between the sea and and the trees and the hills behind you. Oh, cute. So, yeah, it's awesome right here. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I thought, I kind of thought it was going to just be a lot of, like, retirees and stuff. And then you know, once I started moving into my studio, I realized it's, there's so many artists here. It's actually, like, a really cool artist community. Um, I share this building with, um, outpost galleries downstairs, um, which is a really cool, beautiful gallery and uh, golden hour collective, which is a huge collective of just a ton of different, I think there's like a, a painter and some vintage sellers and, uh, a leather worker. So th- yeah, that's very interesting as well. And then upstairs, 
with me is a mix where he will uh, do music shows sometimes. And then Ha, which is H-A, and that's... um, they have actually open hours and it's a studio and then they also sell like beautiful artwork pieces. So if you're in Marshall, you should definitely come in the building and, and visit Outpost and Ha when they're open um, and say hi to me if I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and also I should mention that Marshall's doing a third Thursdays thing now, which every third Thursday of the month, there's going to be a ton of studios open um i'll be here and open i don't know what i'm going to be doing yet maybe we'll be have a sort of photo booth thing that could be fun um and also you guys can probably see from the window like across the river there's an island and an old high school on the island and there's a bunch of artist studios in there and a lot of them will be open also yeah so i'm really into a, we'll, we'll come up, we'll make a point to be at one of them. And then uh, I'm into the idea of you doing a studio thing uh, yeah. because, and, and they, so my, here's my thought is you work in a very cool industry because it's not like, um, I don't know, like uh, marriage counseling where some, let's, let's just say, which for better or for worse, some people won't want to tell other people that they're in counseling. Yeah. Whereas like when you deliver your service, everyone, maybe not the boudoir, but hopefully the boudoir too, but everyone wants to show that to someone because it's so cool and, and special. Right. And that's uh, a dream as like a business owner. There's some virality kind of built into what you're working with. And so I love the idea of some sort of a photo shoot thing and maybe putting them, you know, publishing it to your Instagram story in real time so that they geek out and share it on their story. And then all of a sudden everyone's following you and you have millions of followers. <laughs> I, I like this. Take photos, reading have millions feature. of followers. <laughs> that should be your uh, new tagline. No, I love but that. I, I do like, I, I mean, that's not, not the idea with the podcast. Yeah. Right. It's right. like um, create connections that create connections. Yeah. So I, I do love the idea, though it might be a pain in the butt, of shooting people and publishing it quickly so that they get to geek out. Yeah. Yeah. It would be cool if it's, yeah, just like a photo booth mm-hmm. kind of thing, a situation where I make a really cool backdrop and people can just come in. And, and every time it's a little different, so there's an, a reason to come back the next time. This is something. We got something here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like Speaking it. of millions of followers, if you could kind of, if you had a magic wand... And you could ask of us we or had the a magic wand. or we had a magic mm-hmm. wand. Someone has a magic wand. There's a magic wand. There's involved. a magic wand involved, and uh, either Tony and I or someone that's listening could help you in some way. Mm. What is that ask? Oh gosh, that's hard. Um, like help my business, I guess specifically. I mean, we would watch your cat too, but <laughs> <laughs> she has the cutest foster kitten. If you follow Sarah on yeah, Instagram, yeah, what the humane society. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Through the humane society. Yeah. Like, like, can you magically help all the homeless animals in the world? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think my wish would be something like that, but for specifically for the business. Um, yeah. I think just like spreading the word, but not even just to like have millions of followers, but like specifically, like building my own tribe, yeah. um, like 
I think that was a hard thing to learn in business is like, not everyone is your ideal customer. Maybe there's someone else's ideal customer and that's totally fine because like, I want to build, I want to build a tribe of people who like, like working with me, not just like you were the cheapest photographer I found. So we're going with you. Like Mm -hmm. I want people who like my work or they like what I'm saying, um, and want to work with me because of that. So I think just, yeah, help helping me find those people would be, the best love that as an answer and i think that that is very wise as a as a ask of the universe because it it seems like the race to the bottom on being the cheapest solution or like not being able to communicate exactly who you are as a person and why you do what you do um is if you're not doing those things it's like a great recipe for not being successful and not being able Mm -hmm. to charge what you're worth and not being able to work with people you want to. So hopefully this, this podcast and all of the work we do in the future, uh, helps to tell the story and people get a sense of why we picked you and why, why we're here today. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's a perfect ask. I think anything else that you would want to mention? Uh, How about, um, who do you have like a tribe of other owners and like people in Asheville that you'll spend time with? Yeah. Um, so most of the, most of my friends are not sort of in this art art owning their business realm. Yeah. But, um, I do. And, uh, actually another photographer, Anastasia Ostapovich, um, I believe she does mostly weddings. She reached out. It was so kind. She reached out to a bunch of photographers and like actually got us all together to have the most amazing brunch I've ever seen, um, at her house. And, and it was just so, it was really nice to be around other photographers, a bunch of other people who are like having these businesses and doing it on their own. Cause it can be a very kind of lonely thing as a photographer or at any kind of business where it's just you. Um, so it was really great to be able to connect with all those people. Um, Asheville also has like a rising tide, um, sect that I think sect is the wrong word. It has a rising tide sort of community chapter. Yeah. And they'll get together. Um, and I've gone to a few of those and usually there's like a monthly topic and you'll talk about branding or SEO or something like that. Um, and that's also been great. There's a lot of photographers there, but sometimes, you know, other um, artsy business owners. Um, and yeah, it's another great opportunity because I think it is important to to spend time with people who are sort of in the same boat as you. I, I think if you have a different kind of job, you're often making a lot of your friends through work and you all get and talk about work and complain about work together. And, right. um, so I think it's, it's nice to have that kind of community, uh, if you're running your own business as well. And so silly question, but do you have, uh, you're doing so much, do you have any kind of like side hustles or projects on the, that you also do? Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about a business is like starting the business. So that's why I have like the two business, the two photography businesses. And then I have another like, I wouldn't even call it a business. It's just basically an excuse for me to shop for vintage things, like to go to estate sales and thrift stores. 
Um, and that's through Instagram. It's just hooker vintage. And it's like a lot of mid-century. Like, I feel like anytime I can buy something that's made of wicker, then people are really excited about it, um, which I understand because it's beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, I just kind of get to go to estate sales. And then my husband doesn't complain so much because I'm not keeping them all in the house. I'm trying to sell them again. Yeah, I was going to say, where do you keep these things? I guess, you, do you have like a basement or a place you can store these items? Or is it a quick turnover? Yeah, we have a basement that's sort of embarrassing right now with how much stuff is in it. So, Well, we need end tables. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our apartment is still a work in progress. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, we'll have to follow uh, Hooker Vintage on Instagram. I know. I've got way too many social medias right now. But, but I mean, I love fun. it. I, I'll tell you, I use... I just got a new phone, so I haven't actually set it all up on this phone, but I used accounts on Instagram as, like, feeds or boards on Pinterest. So, like, I would follow whole different styles of stuff, and I would switch in and out of accounts to get the different styles. Uh, I think that Instagram, with its current iteration, is just, like, it chooses what I see, and I don't love that. So, like, I would have just family follows and then, you know, just outdoorsy wilderness things that I love and then just, uh, whatever, uh, fitness. You so. found, like, the loophole in the algorithm. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but it, the, it wins because I, um, that, is my, that is my drug right now, uh, Instagram. Hours disappear. <laughs> like a black hole. Black hole. And then uh, we typically ask if, like, a cousin from out of town or a friend from college that you loved was coming to visit. And, you know, they didn't need to be with you the whole time. They were kind of independent. Where would you advise people visit, check out, eat, stay? And it doesn't need to be totally extensive. And it is assumed that people are different and everyone has different preferences. Choose a person and just serve them with pics. All right. I would tell them to go eat at Chai Pani, to eat at Nine Mile is another one of my favorites. Um, go drink some beer at Burial Beer. That's one of my my personal favorites. My husband loves Wedge, their beer. Um, and they have two locations, so either one of those is great. Um, to do some hiking and visit some waterfalls, um, like I talked about Graveyard Fields and Black Balsam, and I'm going to give you guys like a little bit of an insider <laughs> tip. Um, Panther Town is really cool. It's a little bit further drive, but there it's way less busy. Um, and there's some great waterfalls in there. That's a first. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> Panther Town. It sounds cool too. It does. Um, and we, we lo- my husband and I love to go like go into Pisgah or Panther Town or somewhere, and then on our way back, stop at Sierra Nevada because then our dog will be tired and she'll be really well-behaved. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. <laughs> There's one other question that we also typically ask, and that's, you know, over the next year or so, what do you see growing or changing or evolving in your business? Like, what are you looking forward to um, for the year ahead? For the year ahead, I I am going to try to 
simplify what Sarah Hooker photography is a little more. I kind of started out years ago doing everything like weddings and newborns and all, you know, anything that anyone wanted me to photograph. Um, and I've narrowed it down more and more. And I think I want to get it narrowed down to maybe just working with small businesses and also, um, doing workshops. So I've done mm. some workshops in the past here in the right. studio, um, just like beginner portrait photography or super beginner photography, like learn your manual settings. Um, and I really love teaching and, um, then also growing Virago Boudoir as well. And maybe even having that be my main income just cause I love it so much. I love that. And the two thoughts that come to mind business wise are, the cool thing about leaning into business photography, as I see it at least, is there's an opportunity to have some sort of like seasonal engagement with a customer. And it's, you know, it's a one business 101 is it's easier to sell dollars five to 10 with a customer than one to five. Right. And so uh, that sounds like a really kind of smart. I, I liked that immediately when Sarah pointed you out. As like, ooh, I like that that's even the angle that we're going to be engaging. It's not just we're hiring a photographer. It's like this is a business branding photographer. Yeah. And so I, I love that. Um, and then the courses allow you to kind of scale your hour, mm -hmm. which seems like a smart thing also. So snaps from me on um, what you say is your next year. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. I think Sarah's going to take your... No, I, my, like, my, my next question was like, when, what's the next course? Like, when's the date? Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm very curious. I know it's like basics. Well, I actually, I could use improvement on basics too. Like I still kind of, my, in my mind, I get like caught up on like, oh yeah, what's the aperture again? And like, how should that be? And I usually just look and like change it as I see things, but yeah. I don't actually know what they mean. But um. Yeah, I would love to know more about lighting and people, like how to take pictures of people and food is a big, has always been a big thing for me, which is a different world, but. Yeah, we talk, we talk about all that stuff, like in the, yeah. in those courses, the, the portrait one is really a lot about posing people and helping them be more comfortable and like what light is best for people and things like that. Um, yeah, and they've. And like I said, I love, I love the teaching and I love like seeing other little beginning budding photographers yeah. <laughs> makes me so happy. Like I, I hear about in other communities sometimes like photographers being worried about like other up and coming photographers, but I don't see that in Asheville. Like everyone's always so supportive and I feel like, you know, there's enough business for everyone to go around and like, let's all support each other. And I love that about Asheville. Yeah, we've noticed here, that. Here, here. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to end the podcast, uh, if uh, um, people wanted to find you on the internet, where could they find you? Yeah. So sarahhooker.com, Sarah with an H, uh, or viragoboudoir.com. Um, I'm also like on Instagram and Facebook, Sarah Hooker Photo or Virago Boudoir uh, are my Instagrams. And I don't post as regularly as I should, um, but that's one of my goals to work on. So follow me so I'll be inspired to post more things. 
at the very <laughs> least follow so you can meet her cat. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's always like cat pictures on there too. I have a cat and dog myself, and then right now we have the foster kitten who is adorable. Yeah, and she'll be available for adoption maybe next week if she weighs enough. Want to take her in for her appointment at the Humane Society? Her name is Cleo, and she's well, so cute. Well, how fun! Maybe. I don't exactly, I think this is due to be released about that time or maybe the week after, but if it's still a thing, we'll have links to however someone, we, I don't know how you adopt a, a baby kitten, but well, if there's a way, <laughs> we'll link to that on the website. Oh, that would be so good. I mean, there's always like cats and kittens oh, yeah. and puppies and dogs for adoption. So I think if, you know, but this, this just link to the Humane Society. This little, what, what is Cleo. Cleo yeah she has a little eye issue and she was so little are the reasons she was in foster care and didn't go straight for adoption um so if you want like a special little kitten with a wonky eye who is so sweet and adorable then Cleo is the one Sarah's looking <laughs> can at me can we get a cat podcast should know Sarah's looking at me I don't make the rules our current apartment one year from now when, when Cleo's one. Uh, she's quiet. It's she is, like, I don't even know where she is right now. She's super quiet. Yeah, she is. She's here in the studio today because I'm going to do her like official kitty boudoir photos. <laughs> <laughs> kitty boudoir. No, she's too That's young. That's a new she's too young. She's too young. That's true. Not even in dog years, she's not old enough. No. Yet. No, um, I don't think so. Awesome. So... Thank you. That was uh, that was an episode. Thank you. And that was episode eight with Sarah Hooker. If you would like to learn more about things we talked about in this episode, you can visit the show notes page at makingitinashville.com slash 008. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, uh, you can do that by visiting our website, makingitinashville.com slash podcast. Uh, and we make it very easy for you to nominate yourself or someone else. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you could like, review, subscribe. The easiest way to do that is on iTunes. It will really melt our hearts. Thank you. Um, episode eight, I think that was a great success, Sarah. Bye.